0: This is SG2 Perspectives, a conversation with SG2 experts and industry thought leaders about the biggest trends in healthcare and what we expect that's going to mean for the future of healthcare delivery.
1: We're starting to really see the evidence of that in these strategy exchange discussions. I would characterize it more evolution than revolution, and I think that's probably important for folks in strategy to hear.
0: Welcome to SG2 Perspectives. I'm your host, Trevor Durin. This will be our second debrief we're gonna do from a series that we're leading in 2022 called the SG2 Strategy Exchange. The exchange is a networking and shared learning opportunity focused on strategic planning leaders. And the second session was focused on the planning process. We had about 40 organizations involved and we learned a lot from both a survey that participants complete prior to the session and the discussions in our 90 minute session. I asked my two colleagues who were co-leading the exchange with me, Janelle Kwan and Jennifer O'Connor, to join me today to share what we heard and what we learned from the many participants. Janelle, I'll go to you first. Give us an overview of what we learned before the session even started. What were some of the key takeaways from the pre-work survey we asked participants to complete?
2: One of the things that stood out to us the most was the number of organizations. Around 61% of those surveys said that they intend to or they are in the process of updating or revisiting their current strategic plan at the enterprise level. That signals to us organizations are taking stock of what happened over the last two plus years with COVID and they're committed and determined to look forward. And better understand what that future might look like. Along that thread of what the future looks like, we also asked in your next strategic plan, the enterprise level, what time frame will that encapsulate? And a lot of variation in terms of the responses that we saw, around 45% said, it's gonna be a three to five year plan. Anecdotally, some commented that that felt like their best attempt at kind of the sweet spot between near and shorter term without losing that kind of focus on long term. Around 20% said we're going to go shorter, two to three years, and 25% actually said one to two years. There were folks who said our time horizon is beyond that. That plan will be five or more years, but they were really outside the norm. That degree of variation signals to us organizations are really trying to right size what fits for them and where they are and where they stand. I don't think it'll surprise anyone when we ask the same question around their service line specific plan that that time frame was compressed. Around 40% said one to two years, followed by those who said around 30% said two to three years. And beyond looking at timing, we wanted to understand where are they with some of the inputs on their strategic planning process? And in particular, how are you looking to incorporate data or think about data differently in your next round of planning. Across the board, there was a lot of consistency around the five major areas people wanted to hit, included outpatient data claims, referral patterns, consumer insights, and health equity, and some of those social determinants of health metrics. That is a little bit music to our ears. How can we think about data differently? But also in our strategic planning course, we talk about that a lot. What are new metrics? What are leading indicators that you can use to inform your planning process? So really nice to see organizations be really intentional about doing exactly that. The survey highlighted you can't undervalue really how critical a role a stakeholder plays in informing the planning process. And for organizations, the top five stakeholders that they identified as key to their planning efforts was finance, strategic service line teams, hospital presidents, the medical group, and population health teams. What stood out though was kind of the opposite end of the spectrum. How few organizations identified contracting as well as leaders from community organizations. I think that really stood out given the conversations we've been having around the shift to value and equity. We'll be curious to see how that pans out in short and near term. But I'm definitely missing some things. Jennifer, anything else I think from the survey that stood out to you or maybe was potentially surprising?
1: I just thought the overall vibe was refreshing. As someone who's worked at SG2 a long time and can I get an hallelujah for focusing on growth, that was kind of the vibe, right? And you heard that reflected in the number of people who are updating the plans and the fact that we're not just on a one-year plan like we've been for the last little bit. There was just this sense that it's time. We're going to pick our heads up and we're going to look ahead and not to underestimate the challenges every day and just staffing the hospital right now, but it's kind of exciting and kind of refreshing and you kind of got that vibe from the group that was assembled, which was great to see. The other thing that really struck me across both the survey and the conversations, particularly when we were talking about data, was just that thirst for information about consumers. We've spent the last two years trying to understand how consumer perspective was changing. We had to deal with things like safety and where were patients willing to come we're just now so much more attuned. Not that we didn't pay attention to consumers and before we did. We've been talking about it for a decade here at SG2, but it's just so ingrained now. And we are planning for patients in our market and those consumers are looking for these things. How do we make sure we stay true to that? You just really got an essence of that in some of their conversations. And I thought that was great to hear.
0: Those are all good ones. One thing from that first stat you shared, Janelle, that 60% are updating their enterprise plans right now. I saw that and said 40% aren't. Oh my goodness, but that probably speaks to how many leadership teams are experiencing turnover right now, and it could make sense that that's not the whole 40%, but a big chunk of those are saying we have to wait to get a new leader in here and get some new strategic direction before we undertake that.
1: Well, Trevor, remember, we had a few go-getters who actually have already updated their plan. We were getting calls the minute things started to die down. Right. As we were rounding the corner into 2022, there were some people who were ready to go and fast track, not a whole scale plan overhaul, but a refresh. And some of the people actually have already done that. That was their priority quarter one of 2022. They've gotten it done and they're moving on to execution. So, yes, certainly CEO retirement and turnover is going to drive some of those numbers and the folks who haven't moved. But there's probably a couple of early movers in there who've already got it done.
0: Yeah, you're probably right. Now I want to hear some specific key takeaways from the discussion groups within the session. And just for listeners who haven't participated in the past, we spend 90 minutes together and most of it we get to spend in breakout groups where we try to pair together like organizations who are not competitors. So we can have a pretty frank discussion in this case, talking about the planning process. My group ended up being mostly health systems that had an AMC as their tertiary hub. And so it isn't so surprising. Most of those have grown through acquisition. One of the big themes for them was this next enterprise planning cycle, they're going to try to move from hospital level plans where there was kind of less system oversight, less system guidance on priorities, and less focus on being a system to now one large market level or system level plan, depending on their geographic reach, at least in my small group, no one had a great solution for how to make that pivot any easier, as we can all imagine. They're not doing that much together as a system yet. And so the idea of planning together and having those system priorities kind of trickle down, not only the hospitals, but to specific markets, clinics, teams in those markets was something they were really concerned about and that they knew was going to take a different level of kind of the soft skills effort and just time and energy than kind of their normal processes that had before. But they probably hadn't tweaked their process enough to keep up with that new expectation and demand. That was a big takeaway for me. Janelle, how about in your group? What were some of the themes they focused on?
2: Yeah, so a big theme that we happen to have a group of folks that were in the midst or preparing for some leadership transitions and how do you navigate that, particularly as it relates to a CEO leaving or a new CEO coming on board. And the group talked a lot about that kind of in the short and long-term lens. In the short term, to what extent do we need to revisit our plans and make adjustments and introduce some of those incremental changes? And then in a larger term, to what extent is this also those changes an opportunity to tackle some of those big structural changes or as ambitions we've wanted to introduce to the planning process, be it around timing, how we go about making decisions or even prioritizing. So a nice mix of how do we deal with that in the new term and some of the turbulence for that potentially, and then broader picture, how can that be a way to to introduce additional changes. We've always wanted to. Jen, any other thoughts there?
1: Yeah, I actually wanted to piggyback on what Trevor was saying. And Trevor, it's interesting to me that your group was talking about that. If I think back to some of the on-site sessions we were helping facilitate in 2019 right before the pandemic. Several of them were our academic medical center members who are part of an integrated delivery network. They have multiple community hospitals in their network. And the conversation of the day was we need to get a handle on how to act like the network we have now become through MA. and And we use the term service distribution. Other folks have other terms they like to use there. But we had this kind of series of events across members where we were helping them facilitate. They had whole day sessions. They would bring folks together. There were some just meeting of the minds that needed to happen. People in new roles as a service line leader across the system versus at any one location. What are we all responsible for? That was really an active conversation. Conversation, and we were pretty excited about that. We've talked about service distribution at our Executive Summit series in the summer. And then COVID hit, and all those conversations just stopped, rightfully so. We had other things to worry about. But we kept waiting to hear that we've picked up The service distribution conversation, and I'm wondering if we heard the beginnings of that in your group. And in fact, we've gotten a couple of questions in the SG2 member question queue, literally in just the last week. I feel like that momentum is building and maybe 2022 is the year that we get back to service distribution. It's an important topic and you can envision that folks would update their planning templates to perhaps force commentary from different business units on how they plan to participate in that effort or handle that effort. Where do you think you have a program that could be the recipient of volumes from your sister facilities? Where do you acknowledge you have a program that's low volume and that maybe you wanna learn more about who else is doing what across the system? I'm excited for that conversation. I actually didn't have a group of AMCs, but regardless of organizational type, there was still this conversation around access as the center of gravity for planning activity right now. It seemed like no matter where you were, no matter what kind of organization you had, folks were acknowledging that access felt like something they had to get their arms around, either because consumers want access and if they can't get it, they'll go to non-traditional providers in their market and they'll get care somewhere else. If we have access to, say, primary care, that helps feed our medical and surgical specialists, which of course feeds our facilities. If we don't have access, we're not holding up our mission to the community. And that just feeds into the health equity issues we've acknowledged exist and that we want to work on. There was a lot of conversation of how are you making access the issue in the plan and helping people really think about how to address that. And everyone was kind of tackling it. I think the really interesting question, and no one had the answer, is could we get so good at it that we really can ride that to being the market leader? Is access really a differentiator or is it just table stakes? And I don't know that anyone really felt like they had the answer there, but it was definitely an anchor of a conversation. And I would suspect that if we look at plans, the 61% of folks who are in the process are planning to update their plans. There'll be a big focus and section on access.
0: I like it. I'm picturing the billboard somewhere. It's like. We will get you in to see a primary care doctor in two days or something. That'll be the market differentiator if someone can really deliver on that promise. Jennifer, back to something you were talking about around systemness and system planning. It was absolutely a continued theme with my group. Someone else said, it's news to me when a strategic financial plan gets released. I see it in my email for the first time. And that just kind of speaks to the lack of working together as a system. And it probably sets up that right now is going to be a time where just out of necessity, there's opportunity for closer collaboration between stakeholders. And if finance is the number one stakeholder there right now, the finance mission and the growth mission of strategy are not exactly aligned. And now may be a time for strategy to walk across the aisle and realize that for growth initiatives to get implemented, they're going to have to really meet the priorities, focus, constraints under which finance is thinking and operating right now and service distribution may be a way to meet many of those needs. Jennifer, this strategy exchange was really your baby, your brainchild. We've done two out of four that we planned this year. Connect the dots, any themes that you're seeing kind of emerge now across multiple of our discussions? What is really changing for strategic planning at big health systems today?
1: I think when we started the exchange at the beginning of this year, we suspected that COVID had prompted all sorts of changes across the health system, including in planning, not just operational changes. But we were curious if that hypothesis was true and exactly what it has changed. And we're starting to really see the evidence of that in these strategy exchange discussions. I would characterize it more Evolution than revolution. And I think that's probably important for folks in strategy to hear. It's not that we came through COVID and everything you did will suddenly be 180 degrees different. It is, okay, our organizations changed. The world changed. We're going to change some things to better accommodate that. And we know from both the previous conversation and this one that timelines changed. We got Very, very short-term focused in the pandemic, and now we're starting to see that lengthen out a little bit as we look ahead. Some things didn't change very much. If you think back to the last session, the vast majority of organizations still have a chief strategy officer as their senior-most strategy leader, and that person reports to the CEO. So really appropriately positioned as a senior leader within the organization, helping shape the direction of that organization at the right hand of the CEO, What we're going to hear in the next two episodes that are coming, we're going to talk a bit about prioritization, which everyone acknowledges they struggle with. And to your point, Trevor, about finance versus strategy, part of how we reconcile tight financial times with a big growth agenda is going to be prioritization. How do people go about doing that? That's our conversation next month at the end of June. And then we'll round out this year's strategy exchange talking about execution and perhaps become more nimble. The plans can get done quicker. We're definitely focused on competitors in the marketplace. I hear a lot of conversation right now about people creating new positions for folks to focus on competitor intelligence in their market and get real-time information so executives can make decisions we've answered the call to be nimble, and then we're gonna have to go get it done once we create these plans. What does that mean? What is strategy's role in execution? We've certainly heard folks over the years talk about project management offices, Is the execution side of strategy really what we're seeing now in the rise of transformation offices? I don't know if we know the answer yet, but those are some of the conversations that we'll get into. And all of that together, again, to me, is an evolution of the strategic planning process and the great work that our members are doing to keep up with changing times and continue to push their organizations on a forward-looking, really positive path, which is great.
0: Agreed. It is great. Janelle, anything you want to add?
2: It's aligned with that feeling of evolution. A lot of the conversations, particularly, we talked a lot about access. It was heartening to hear organizations saying we need to, in some ways, also look outside of our industry. We recognize that other industries do it better. And those can be tools and learning to inform us. We need to understand bigger picture what's happening. So that gives me a lot of optimism and hope for this ability to continue to evolve in response to the
0: times. Yeah, the thing that's popped to me, Janelle, we've worked together on the strategic planning course, which is usually managers, directors, and analysts. Then we have the exchange, which is mostly kind of VP level. And then Jennifer works with CSOs. The message coming from the CSO group is starting to reverberate in how the VP level is talking about their team and their process, starting to, it's not keeping up. And then the managers, analysts, and directors still don't quite have the data tools to kind of keep up with the big vision of where strategy leaders want planning to go and the types of inputs they want in the planning process. But thank you both so much for joining. Excited to keep working on the exchange together and keep this venue going for SG2 members to connect with each other and make their planning team process, prioritization and execution just that much better. Look forward to having you both on SG2 Perspectives again soon. Thanks so much for listening to SG2 Perspectives. As always, I really value your feedback, input, comments or ideas for episodes and you can reach us at sg2perspectives at sg2.com additionally i recommend that you check out some of the other vizient podcasts which cover a range of clinical and operational areas those can all be found at vizientinc.com backslash podcasts